Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia, home of the world's greatest artist, TLC, Gladys Knight, India Ari, Indigo Girls, and Hartsfield Atlanta Jackson Airport, the Falcons, and Clark Atlanta University. This is The Bright Side with Technicia, a daily show with real people with real experiences. And now, here's your host, Technicia. Good afternoon, everyone. Today is November the 21st, 2015, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Bright Side with Technicia. Here with me is a young author, Alex Watson, who is a high school student, and he has an awesome book out, The Crossing, which is a grand adventure and engaging story of Chase Maxwell and his scientist grandfather, which um, they travel back in time. And who doesn't want to travel back in time? It's an interesting book. And, of course, I know you're probably thinking, someone is young, writing a book. Oh, but trust and believe me, <laughs> this is just not just any young child. And I'm so glad to have him on my show. And he's been appearing on plenty of other programs besides mine. So it's a great honor to have such a young man who has so many goals because these sure in the day, that's what you want them to do. You want them to have a, a goal in mind and stuff. So I'm very honored. So do call in if you have any questions at 347-426-3751. Alex, it's so good to have you on. Thank you so much. Hi, Technicia. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yes. I, it's it's a pleasure, you know. Just So let me ask, how how old are you? What grade are you in now? Oh, well, I'm, I'm 15 years old, and I'm in 10th grade. Wow. Um, so, Alice, what got you on this path to want to start writing? I mean, who 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 did you get the inspiration from? Well, my dad's an author. He writes a lot of books on history and politics. So uh, I would always, I would always want to write books. And funny story, when I was really, when I was really small, uh, six, seven years old, I would run. I obviously couldn't. I didn't know about publishing or uh, the fact that you had to type a book out and submit it. So I'd run over to the printer and I'd pull out a couple just blank sheets of paper and staple them together and draw a little coloring book. And I would do that for, for years. And then finally, one day I, I decided, you know, I want to do a real book. I want to write a real book with my father. And I approached him one morning, uh, it was a weekend, and I said, hey, do you want to write a book? And he, he said, this, this is amazing, that's great. Yes, we, ha- we have to write a book. And he told me, just look up what makes a good book. You have to research um, the plot, you have to look up, um, how to make good characters, learn about right. some literary devices, foreshadowing. And uh, after that, um, I came back and I said, okay, I got this, and then we started writing. Yeah, see, that's a good thing because I know in most people's minds, when they think of that, um, probably even other, any other teenagers um, probably think, you know, and that's it's very rare to find a teen author, which is so cool, and I think it's real fancy. But I know some of them probably think, oh, if I – if I hurry up and publish, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be fast. I'm gonna make money, but they have to understand that it takes, it takes time to really get out there and publish a book. And I think just being a teen author is very hard. You know, even 
even when you get older, it's still hard to write a book. So imagine being a teenager, but the main factor that you have to keep in mind that writing a good book is the most important part of it all. You have to really relate to your audience. You can't just put out anything. Yes, um, it does take a lot of discipline to write a book. Right. Persistence. Every time, every time you uh, get that writer's block, you have to just shake it off and take a little break, but then come back and keep writing. You never want to give up. Uh, right. But it's it's tough, but it's fun. It's a lot of fun to write, and it's incredibly rewarding. I mean, for example, my my book, uh, Time Zone. It, it's about time travel. Uh, for the audience I'm selling this to, uh, teens, teens around my age, I'm thinking what, what more do kids want to read about than an adventure with time travel and all, all these crazy wars and historical events and plot twists at every page. So, uh, so yeah, that's, it's a really fun thing to write about a topic that you like as well as something that your readers would like. And once you get the book out there, it's incredibly rewarding. It is, and I mean, not even for teenagers. I'm sure there are adults who wish they could actually go back, because I, I do. I'm the type of person I want to look for my family history. I wish I can go back and just find out where it all started from to up to my birth, you know, so I think it would be awesome. I would, It would be one of my books I would definitely have on my shelf no matter what. Um, yes. So, Alice, how old were you when you first sold your first book? Um. When I first wrote my first book, uh, it, my first book is called Tsunami, and I got the inspiration from the uh, Japanese tsunami a few years ago. I believe right. I was 10 years old when I first um, turned on the news and I saw, I saw this crazy story on the news, and I've always been fascinated by natural disasters, so I thought how it's amazing how much uh, damage and destruction these things can do. So I decided I wanted to write an adventure uh, survival story in, set in Hawaii about all these volcanoes and earthquakes and tsunamis. And that that came when I was around 10, 10 to 11 years old. Wow. Wow. 10 and 11, here you would be thinking you want to play video games, and he's sitting down writing a book. Oh, boy, I tell you. I thank God it's so good because, I mean, you never know when you have children. And, and even when you get there too, Alex, when you have a child, you never know what things you just have created. So I know it's, it's, it's a blessing. So when you when it became, when it got to marketing for your book, did your age factor into it? Um, Not, not well, actually, yes, it did because, uh, I'm marketing this towards teens, uh, young adult. It's a young adult book. Uh, all, both my books are young adult uh, fiction stories. So uh, I feel kids do. Kids will relate more and want to read more if it's a story written by someone who's their age, who knows what they like, who's into the same things. So that's one of the things I use also with marketing. The fact that I write both of these uh, with my father, it's, it's a great campaign, you know, writing together. And uh, I feel a lot, of, a lot of parents, a lot of uh, teachers, everyone, everyone likes this notion of how families come together, friends come together by writing 
writing together and putting out books. And I feel those two those two things, my age and the fact that I have uh, my dad as a writing partner, I feel that definitely helps with uh, marketing. Why, it does. And that's so great. You have a father right behind you, so kudos to both of you. What um, Did you ever find it difficult, probably, if someone ever labeled you with the, the label teen author? Sorry, what was that? Um, was, it, oh. was it difficult? Oh, was it difficult probably for you to deal with the teen author label? Um, well, there's a little bit of of this thought that if a kid writes a book, it obviously isn't going to be as good as an, if an adult writes a book. Um, and I feel that's what a lot of people think. But mm-hmm. they have to realize, I mean, I, you know, they can't. Obviously, the famous expression, don't judge a book by its cover. Don't think that just because it's a teen author who wrote this means that it's not going to be as professional as if an adult writes it. Why? Uh, and who knows? Uh, the kids reading these books, they may think they may think it's even better, the fact that it's a teen writing. To adults, I'm not sure, but uh, I don't really, I don't think it's a bad thing that I'm a teen author, but... Uh, I think it more is a good thing, a good thing to think of that I'm a good storyteller and that I'm a young person trying to put put out my put my word out there and trying to make a difference in the right. community. Right, and you're growing, you're experiencing, and it just only makes you better by the time you hit your 30s. Oh, wow, it's going to be amazing. It really is. And, and besides that, I, I think there are so much worse problems to have, so who cares? Being labeled a teen author, hey. That's what, if that's what you want to label me as, then go right ahead. I'm doing this, and I, I just, I am, I'm, I'm ecstatic, I really am for you. Do you, um, have you ever just really probably thought that to probably wait to publish, though? Um, not really. Uh, I don't really want to wait too long before I keep publishing. I want to, uh, constantly be writing. Um, in fact, I'm writing the next book of my series, right now and we're trying to we're really working on that because i want to put put out the books probably one a year and i like i like having this you know how you said that i'm proud of being a young author and i want to i want to keep that i want to keep people seeing uh that i have determination that i don't want to give up and i don't want to postpone it too long that i want to keep on going and putting these out there and working and yeah Right, and and I I think it's just gonna be so wonderful though. I cannot wait for others books to come out. I'm gonna definitely get that time travel. Um, this is the question though: What interests you about time travel? Well, there are so many famous books and movies on time travel. You got Terminator and Back to the Future and all these famous books like The Christmas Carol. But oh, and that, um, and what's that movie? Um. First time traveler wife, I love that movie. Oh, that was my favorite. Where he went back and forth, and people couldn't remember, or he wouldn't remember them. Um, I forgot the young lady who played in it, but it was another movie um, similar to that too. Oh, I, I haven't, I haven't seen that one. But uh, that brings me to the next point. I have a question for you. If you could go back anywhere in time, meet anybody from history, who would you meet? Josephine Baker. Josephine Baker. 
Yes, I think I would love to actually have met Josephine Baker, a woman who not only was she black, but she was a woman. You had to struggle to get into entertainment and for people to really accept you. So, yes. Oh, it, it's plenty more, but that would be probably one of my first. And Abraham Lincoln, oh, oh, that would be exciting to go back. Look, I'm getting excited. <laughs> of course, I'd love to go back and meet Lincoln. But then th- that brings me to another point. Um, if if time travel, if you could actually time travel, uh, and let's say you did go back in time and meet someone like Lincoln, it's a question of would you try to stop the assassination of Lincoln or would you just let it happen? Because I know m- most people would immediately say, well, I'm obviously going to save Lincoln. Lincoln was a great guy. I think he deserves to live. But then it brings you to a thought, what if that creates a paradox? You don't want to change the course of history. What if that creates an alternate timeline that uh, somehow causes you not to be born or causes uh, some catastrophic impact in the world? So that's one thing that – that's actually one thing that I explore a lot in my books, the notion of being careful not to create a paradox or trying to not make too big of a difference in history. Right. That is a good question. That really was, even even if I didn't answer it, but that is a good question. What would you actually do? Would you stop it? Because it would change. It would definitely change everything over. Um, you know, it reminds me of um, when I look at the episode, the old episode from Charm with three young ladies who were witches, and they'll go back through certain times, and they would try to change something. And one of the sisters was like, well, if you do this, it's going to change that. Um, and it was one it was one scene where um, one of the young ladies, her future self, came back to see her present self, and she wanted to know from her future self, okay, what happened, and she really didn't want to tell her, because then you'll try to change it, and it just messes up everything. That is an interesting question. If we all could go back, would we change? What would we be able to change? Would you want to change it? Because if we, if I changed something from history, would I even been born? Like it, it, it requires your mind, it makes you think, stuff like that. That type of book, I think that's that's really gonna make you think. It's not just one of those. It's not just a book from a teen author that's gonna be like, okay, mm, it's a teen author book. Okay, whatever. This book gonna really make you inquire questions. If I change something, how would that affect the world? If anything was changed, if we if we change the relationship with our parents, half of us most of us wouldn't even be born. So, yeah. Oh wow. See now, Alex, you got me thinking, honey. I didn't want to say <clears throat> Alex, but I'm thinking now. Yes, I'm telling this young man got me over here thinking, and I love it. There's a hero of your story, Chase Maxwell. He has this special bond with his grandfather. What can you really tell us about the bond you have with your father and co-author? Well, uh, when, I, when I first came to my father and asked him if he wanted to write, obviously he, he's, he's an author, so this, this was one of the greatest things he's ever heard. And he still tells me to this day how, how shocked he was that I actually wanted to do this and I wanted to, I wanted to write and with him, and he loves that. And when we write, it's, it's really we've developed a strong bond. We've gotten to know each other a lot better through uh, discussing our characters, um, and especially whenever, whenever I don't know, 
when we're out just going for a bike ride or just sitting down on the couch talking, we're always discussing our characters. We're discussing the storyline and thinking, well, if you were in this character's shoes, what would you do? And would you act a certain way? And I feel that really helps um, strengthen our relationship, uh, the fact that we, we can write together. And our writing process is he'll he'll sit down at the computer and start typing something out, and then I'll go over and edit. I'll edit what he wrote, and then I'll write I'll write another chapter, and then he'll come over and edit that, and we'll be discussing. And that's that's really that's really the main thing that we do, and I feel that's so it makes a strong bond. Exactly, and that's a bond no one can ever break up. Um, Alice, let's talk a little bit about the creative process. Can you tell us a little bit about your creative process when you wrote this book? Did you write all at once, or did it take a long time? Well, uh, when I first started with Time Zone, uh, the way I write, I first sit down, I think, I, I have this belief that a story is mainly driven by its characters. You, if, you, if your story doesn't have any interesting or memorable characters, people aren't going to remember it. Um, so I sit down and think, what are some of the most, if we're going to have a villain in the story, you think, what's the most evil person you could ever imagine? Or if you're going to have the hero think, you may even want to think, uh, I take myself, I put my own uh, personality traits into my character. And so after a while of discussing these characters, then I like to build the plot around them. And what's cool about this uh, time zone is the fact that these characters are going back in history and meeting these real, real interesting and actual uh, characters from history, like George Washington and Alexander Hamilton. And, and with this, it's cool because you can get, you don't really have to create your own story because you already have a really fascinating real historical event right there. All you have, all I had to do was um, incorporate these fictional characters into it and uh, have them meet these these historical figures. And what else I do uh, in the writing process? Obviously, with more historical events like this, you have to do a lot of research. Um, and to do this, uh, I go online. I can I read books. And what I was fortunate enough to do was uh, for my first book, Tsunami, it was set in Hawaii. I was uh, I claimed that I needed to go to Hawaii to do some quote-unquote research for my book, and I ended up getting a pretty cool trip out of it. So it's, 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 it's fun. Writing is a fun process. It's tough sometimes, but overall, incredibly rewarding. Right, and, and when you put the work in, it feels like no work because you know that you did what you had to do. You had to research. You got all your valuable information. That's what, yeah, you're right. It's just the same way for a movie, and I have interviewed um, producers and directors the same way. When you do a movie, you have to do your research. You can't put anything out because people start questioning, okay, how do you know this? Where did you get your information from? Because that's always we want to know. I know I do. And when I'm reading the book, I want to know how you got this information, what makes you um reliable enough for me to know that this information is correct. So, yeah, and I'm glad. That's why I said I'm glad to have you on because people need to know this. It's a thinking process. I don't care if you're 13, if you're 30. 
it's still you got to make sure you got it together. Um, so, Alex, what what does it really feel like to you to try and just reimagine history again? Well, um, it's it's interesting because when you think of I, I like to picture myself in my character's shoes when doing this, and I always say I'm not, I'm not writing a book. I'm writing a movie. I'm trying to add as much description as possible. I'm trying to bring everything to life. And in a, histor- in a book like this where fictional characters meet real historical figures, it's, it's really it's interesting. It's not like other books because you have to bring back to life these this huge culture difference between uh, the 21st century versus, you know, the late 1700s. And writing it in that sense, is, it's kind of hard, actually, because you're not going to have a character like George Washington talk in 21st century slang, and you're not going to have a teenager from present time talking super formal like they did back in the 1700s. And bringing... bringing that's the main challenge here, bringing these two completely different character groups together and meeting. And in doing so, it is reimagining history, in a sense. Uh, but what I really want to point out, though, with the reimagining history, it's this, once again, the whole notion of, do I want to create a paradox? Am I willing to change things? And that's one of the main things that we really explore in my story. The characters, they want to make good decisions they want to help out, but they don't want to do anything that would affect them in the future or mess up history. And that's, that's really something interesting that I, I like to look at a lot when I write. Right. And one thing, you know, I, I think about when you write, you, you write, you don't want to write unless it's something from your heart. It's got to be there. It's got to be passionate. And most of the time, you you hear most writers to say you got to pay attention to your dreams. And, and mostly, I heard one say nightmares because that's where it comes in. That it it comes in your unconscious mind sometime, and that's where you get your great material. Um, do you find that to be true for yourself? Yes, writing for me, writing is a passion, and uh, I, you know, with creative writing, it just it has. You're right; it does have to come from your heart. You have to. You have to love what you're doing, and I I love being able to write these stories. Um, and in doing so, it's 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 a it's a unique experience uh, having having me just reimagining my own story. It's because when, for example, uh, when I read other books, if I'm reading a if I'm reading a book by another author and something happens to a character that I don't like, if the bad guy starts to win, I, I don't like that. I want the book to go how I want it to go. And when I'm writing, the beauty is, if you're writing a story yourself, you can decide how, how your characters act. You can decide what the plot's going to be. And you can take matters completely into your own hands. And uh, also, uh, Technisha, my father's here, too, uh, if you wanted to talk to him, ask him a few questions. Oh, Robert, it's an honor to have you on. What I know you have to be just so proud of, Alex, and it, it is, it's an honor to have you on, too. Well, 
what was My it pleasure. like just knowing at just just at ten years old, knowing that he's writing, working on a book. Yeah, well, you know, you you can't be prouder when your kid does something like this, and you know he's uh, he plays musical instruments and he's a goalie for his school soccer team, so he does all the the normal things. But um, and of course he likes video games and hanging out with his friends and going to movies like everyone else. But this is a fantastic hobby. And uh, you might say that he's hooked now. Uh, he's got a really ambitious agenda. He's laid out uh, a plot for seven books in this time zone series with this one, The Crossing, being just the first book. Uh, and I've looked through the plots, and they're fantastic. And what he does is he's really keen on doing his research, but also he's learning so much through the process. For example, I did a... Um, a lecture tour. We went through Europe this summer, and we went to uh, Germany and Budapest and uh, Prague and the Czech Republic. So we got some neat ideas for a new book while we were there. Uh, a few a year or two ago, we went to um, Italy and Rome and Greece. And uh, while I was talking there, he got some new ideas for stories there. So he's he's integrating it into his life. He's learning, uh, and uh, you know you can't uh, you can't beat that. No, you can't, and I think you're doing an excellent job, Robert, because we have so many children out here losing their lives, and just to have a young, bright man uplifted like this to start writing, I think it's fantastic, and I just hope for so much in his journey. Like, it really, t- it does, it touches my heart, because we we have to uplift our babies, and, and, I, and I don't mean to call sure. Alex a baby, but, you know, as a parent, that's what we always do. That still be our babies, no matter if you're 30 or 40. You always of course ours because we gave you life. So, Robert, congratulations to you and your wife. So, what's what's next in this journey for you, gentlemen? Will you be writing, working on another book together? Sure, sure. Well, we're we're finishing his third book now, which will be the second in this time zone series after The Crossing. And he started another project, which goes back to the point you were making a moment ago, and it's called um, Let's Write Together. So you can have your listeners go to timezonebooks.com, and it tells about Alex, and it tells about his book and future books. And he, and then also off the uh, timezonebooks.com, he has another website, letswritetogether.com. And what he's done is he's visited about a dozen schools around South Florida. He's visited around a dozen libraries around South Florida. And he sits down with kids groups uh, from elementary school all the way through uh, upper school. And he um, encourages them to write. And he founded a writing contest and it's now in its third year, where he'll, inha- he'll invite a couple of dozen uh, young folks uh, to submit short stories. And the winners of those short stories, he gets them published in a professional book. And I know a publisher, so I talked the fellow into comping us some free books, and he gives every kid in that, that writes a story a free copy of a book. So think, Technicia, how absolutely transformational that is for a little kid. A little kid might be intimidated by having to write a two- or three-page paper in school, or they may have mm-hmm. a difficult assignment from a teacher. Now, all of a sudden, 
They're a published author. They see their name in a book. They get up at the library and get an, a, an award. They meet other kids that have a passion for it, and the kids are absolutely transformed. They become confident. Uh, they have a passion now for reading and writing. So uh, if any of your listeners out there know anyone, feel free to send them to letswritetogether.com or timezonebooks.com, and uh, we're going to be announcing the, the, the criteria for the third year's contest uh, sometime before the end of the year. So, uh, okay. yeah, it's a great project that he's involved in, and I'm, I couldn't be prouder of him. Um, yeah, I, I don't blame you. You have to be proud. You should wear your capital P for proudness. Um, I, I do, I do. <laughs> I put lights <laughs> on it. <laughs> and that's a great workshop, and I'm glad that you guys um, incorporated this because communication is failing. And I went to school for communication media studies, and Good. I I don't even know how I got into it. I think more of my inspiration came from looking at Monica Pearson and Oprah Winfrey. Those um, I idolized those sure. women, and that's how I want to get into it. But our communication well, they transformed the whole field. Yeah, absolutely, right. they did. People don't people don't communicate anymore, Robert. They text, and that's why I think these children mostly they don't know how to write. They can't even form a perfect sentence like they should. Right. 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 We so well, this gets them. Right? You know, it not only improves their their understanding of events, it helps their writing, it builds confidence in them. But the thing that's neat that I found is uh, Alex developed a real passion for writing, and these other kids, they might think, ah, I can't write, or oh, I don't want to write, I'd rather go out and do this, that, or the other thing. But once they do it, they really like it, because they realize it's like a really cool movie or a really cool video game. I mean, what's a funner idea than making up your own neat and compelling story? Uh, like, for example, time travel. The, as he said earlier, the idea of going back in history, who would you want to meet, whether it's Jesus, whether it's Lincoln, whether it's Martin Luther King, there are so right. many compelling people, and so he encourages kids to think about that. And as you're writing, you're developing characters. For instance, his first book, that he told you about Tsunami, when I told him to put a plot together, he developed the whole story. He develops all of them on his own. But he developed this idea of, of kids that go to Hawaii with their family and there's an earthquake uh, which creates a tsunami, and these kids get separated from their parents, and they have to survive. Well, that's a really neat adventure story, and who doesn't want to go to Hawaii, right? So um, he ended up having probably more fun writing the book uh, than he would have if he had been doing video games or just going to the movies with his friends. Um, so when you, when you pitch it that way to kids, to have them think about, if somebody loves basketball, for example, write a novel about basketball or a short story about basketball. If somebody likes uh, fashion, if it's a young girl that likes fashion, write a story about that. Write a story about you and your friend. Write a story about you and your family overcoming an obstacle or something. And all of a sudden when kids realize that that's what it's about, it really nurtures those creative juices far more than sitting passively and watching a movie or going to play a video game. And uh, so it's a win-win situation for the kids when they start writing. Right, because one thing I say, and it's part of my um, affirmation, God creates the use of my imagination, and that means exactly George Washington Carver, Abraham Lincoln, they had imagination, they had a dream, and that's how things got created, through through these people. You, and that's the same way you're teaching to the children. Create, write, put it all down. Let's not worry about the mistakes right now. And I, I usually tell my daughter that let's not worry about the mistakes. I mean, you're nine. Of course, 
you, you're not ready to write a thesis just yet. <laughs> you can't do right, that right. yet, but let's just write down what you know. Just put it all out on paper. Whatever comes to your mind, even if it sounds silly, just put it down. Of course, I'm the kind by me going to school for writing. I'm going to correct it, but why? Why? Oh, that would be awesome. I would love for my girls right. to get into that. Well, there you, you know, go. If you take, like, um, like his idea of historical fiction, where he's making up a story, but he's basing it on real facts. Uh, yes. If a kid is interested or has a passion for George Washington Carver, what would be cooler than to go in a time machine back and meet him, and you'd be at his lab at the university helping him come up with ideas, and then you can ask the kid if they're writing about it, if your daughter or somebody's writing about it, say, what do you think he would have been like? And then they learn a little bit about him. What would it have been like to meet him? Which great invention for the use of a peanut do you think would have been coolest? And now all of a sudden you're meeting this great person, and you're writing about it, right. uh, or if you're interested in Lincoln, go back to the Civil War and imagine if you could have met Abraham Lincoln, or in the middle of a war, would you have been afraid? Would you have been courageous? Would you have been able to uh, fight? Uh, and then when a kid starts thinking about that, it becomes history comes to life, exactly. uh, and it, it's a—I don't know. From my, I'm a professor of history, so from my perspective. That is much better than having a kid sit and read chapter 12 in a three, 400-page book about history because it, it brings yeah. it to life for them in a profound way. I, I agree with you because reading it all day, you're like, okay, what? I would love to go back and ask why your hair looked the way it did. Did you know that you own money, George Washington? I mean, I'm just thinking <laughs> that this people talk about, but like, and, right. and just imagine if you could really – interconnect with them and they see your fashion and the fashion that they got going on. That would be sad. Like, I'm just getting ideas off the top of my head just think about going back in time like our our generation mixed with theirs and like, why are you wearing that? What are those called? Um, high sure. heels. You know, so... Right, so, right. So, um... Right. Robert, you said with Baker earlier, ahead. imagine going back and meeting an incredible woman like that and imagine going through the creative right. process. And the challenges that she faced, and then you could bring that to life for readers to learn about her. And then, uh, you know, the, one of the things that, that he and I have talked about when he meets these, when his character in his books meets these incredible people, if you think about your heroine and you think, what question would you like to ask her? What do you think would have been most interesting about her? I mean, everyone likes that. Everybody thinks that's cool. Uh, so then um, he, I start asking him that, and he sits down thinking about, what this person would have been like, what would he have liked to ask them, and then all of a sudden he's sitting there typing up and you've got another chapter in the book. So, um, yeah, I think it's a great way. If I was teaching uh, middle school or upper school English classes or history classes, I would have the students sit down and say, who would you like to meet in history? Now write me a little four-page paper about if you met them, what would you ask them? What do you think they would have been like? What do you think they would have said to a kid? And now all of a sudden that person comes to life for them. Sure. And and to really meet um, probably Paul Revere, I would think that would be awesome. And to really find out that he really was not saying the British are coming. I mean, they did yeah, right. call them British, you know, to really go back and correct that and tell and say, Paul, you know, in history they're telling us this, that you keep saying the British are coming. Then he could correct it and say, that's not exactly what I said. That's, right, know. right. Oh. And Paul hey, Revere wasn't as nice a guy as history remembers him being. He was a, right. I think I probably wouldn't have liked him if I actually met him. He was a, history was kinder <laughs> to him than it deserved to be. And that's another fun thing to think about. And then, of course, your topics are unlimited. 
Uh, right. I mean, if you and I just started ticking off the number of people we'd like to meet from history, oh, my gosh, there are, there are thousands of interesting people and various times in history, various places in history. I mean, I couldn't even imagine. Uh, and as I always tell my, my students on campus, and he and I, have, my son and I have talked about this, the first thing you'd realize if you went back in time is how bad everyone smelled. Right, and you didn't have proper dental care, and there was no going through a drive-through window, uh, and people bathed very, very infrequently, and it was it was just a different time. You'd be shocked. So he's tried wow. to pay a lot of attention to that detail, and he really tries to bring history to life for his uh, readers. Insofar as uh, he found out some of the real quotes from George Washington, what he really ate, what he did in his life, so he puts it all wow. down on paper. I think the readers will feel That's like it. they're there with this young kid, Chase, meeting George Washington and all the other interesting right. folks from history. Even the language in your book, for instance, out of the one of them where it was saying, um, where it reads, begging pardon, sir, but many old the men dropped their muskets and ran like dogs. I mean, he just had it precise, and I could imagine them speaking in that language and just actually for this young man, Maxwell to stand there, and I love the way he started off. Okay, bully's chasing him. You could just see him. He's riding his bike. He's trying to get away. This bully won't leave him alone. He's part of the game. I felt like I was. I felt like I was in Greece, and it was. Um, Alice really took me back because when I read the first part, I could think about so many old school movies that I love to see. Oh yeah, I'm a fan. I'm a movie fanatic. Sometimes I don't remember the title, but I can remember scenes off the back and. And I do. Um, but, Robert, this is what I want to ask. When, just getting into this with Alex, did you feel that your style changed much because you're writing this in a perspective for teenagers to read rather than adults? Or, or is good writing always the same, no matter what? Well, part of it, 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 a good story is a good story. And you would agree with that. A good story is a good story if you're right. a man or a woman, if you're a kid or if you're an adult. A good story is a good story. So, the key was to develop some really compelling and interesting characters and a great story. And one of the greatest stories ever is the idea of George Washington with a ragtag band of poorly trained farmers and a couple of blacksmiths who take on the world's greatest military and he manages to win. And he does it through uh, sort of guerrilla warfare, very, being very tricky. Well, this kid goes back and helps George Washington do all that. So a great story is a great story. What Alex, I think, did a great job of, though, is not only the great story, but he wrote it in a way that I think kids will find it to be very compelling. As he always says, who knows a 15-year-old better than a 15-year-old, right? So uh, right. uh, even though I think as an adult, I've reread the books and I love them, uh, and friends of mine have read them and love them, but uh, I think that the teenage market will absolutely uh, love, uh, love, love his books. And you're right exactly. about the language. You know, that, that scene when he was, uh, that you described, when you have some tough frontiersman who's fighting in the Revolutionary War in 1776, yeah, he's not going to go up to General Washington and say, hey, man, you know, he's not going to talk like we do today or what's up. He's going to say, begging the general's pardon. Uh, and they would have used that kind of vernacular, that kind of slang. So what we did was I found a bunch of um, quotes uh, from Washington, and I gave them to Alex to read so he got a sense of the way people talked. And then we watched a documentary on what 
the camp life was like in the revolution. What did they wear? What do the uniforms look like? What kind of muskets did they fire? How did they load them and fire them? Uh, we even went to uh, the Delaware River outside of Philadelphia, and I had him stand there and look at the river so that when he describes the river, he describes it very accurately. So as much as possible, uh, we have really tried to recreate history but make it come to life in that most of the quotes, most of the battles, most of the dates are real. Uh, and then we just insert this young kid and then put a couple of really fun plot twists in there. So, uh, yeah, that's basically what we're doing. And I, I thank you. I thank you. Both did an excellent job, and it feels like a child can really learn from this part of history. Like, I I know George Washington better now that I'm reading this instead of, I got to read this long chapter, and then you want me to answer these questions at the end, and who all don't remember those days in history class, and you'd be like, oh, it's just fast. Oh, well, my God, you're making it boring, because it was, it was just straightforward to me, and when I went to school, it was no... Let me play around. Let's get to it. No, my teachers were more straightforward, and I think I'm kind of like that. My daughter's like, okay, I'm straightforward. It's no cutting edges, but this is more, I'm, I want you to go back. I want you to take that step back, and let's play a little bit with history, and it's awesome. And then all of a sudden now Chase is back into reality. He's dealing with his friends, and poof, I'm back over here looking at George Washington. They're up against the Redcoats and everything, so, you know, and and just thinking on Sam Adams, I would love to talk to him. You know, you got a beer name after you do, like, really. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. That's the thing in history books. George Washington is this, this, he's more of a monument. He's just this guy that stands there and, and you know, he has bad teeth. And uh, he doesn't really come to life. I mean, how do you really read a history book and understand George Washington? Uh, whereas in this book, Washington can get angry, he can be afraid, he can be inspiring for his men. And you're seeing right. him through the eyes of a 15-year-old boy who loves Washington, and Washington ends up liking Chase. So uh, it, we picked out some of the funner, uh, some of the more inspiring quotes from Washington showing him to be a, you know, a book, a history book doesn't really bring someone to life. But here, Washington's funny, he's afraid, he's a leader, he's in combat. So all of a sudden you're getting to know him, and it's wrapped up in a fast-moving, fun action novel. So, um, yeah, it's, it, the readers really are brought on a roller coaster ride here. It, but right, it is. It's wonderful. Um, so, what advice Robert, would you have for young teen authors or, or anyone who wants to be a writer? Well, I'll give some advice, then I'll put Alex on to give him some advice because they probably want to hear from him. You know, my advice is to have fun and try it. Uh, you're probably like I am. There are a lot of things I thought I wouldn't like, and then I try it, and I'll be darned if I don't like it. And uh, there are a lot of things that I try that are tough. But you know, uh, uh, you know, I, I played sports when I was younger and in college, and if I missed two or three free throws, I went back in that gym and shot 50 free throws. I was going to make darn sure I was going to make the next one. If, uh, if I had a bad game in football, I went back in that weight room and worked hard. So part of it is developing that discipline. It's not easy to write a book. You've got to stick with it. But right. sit down and start putting you know, word after word, page after page. Next thing you know, you have a chapter. 
and then you say, great, I just have a chapter now. Let me start working on that next chapter. So it, it, it's it's good for developing discipline. And I really think that uh, your readers that try to sit down and write a book will end up saying, my gosh, it was tough, but it was a lot funner than we ever imagined. I'll put Alex on so he can give your any young listeners. Oh, by the way, you're out of Clark Atlanta University? Is that where your program is being aired from? Well, actually, my program is being aired from Blog Talk Radio. It's internet radio, okay. so it's broadcasted with all different countries. And I and I have a good okay. listening base. Good, good. Okay, yeah, I, th- I thought I heard earlier on the promotional Clark Atlanta. I was going to say it's a nice school, and congrats on that. Well, let me put let me put Alex on and let him give some advice to young readers. Yes, and Tamisha, it's been a real pleasure. I appreciate it. Okay, here's Thank here's you. Alex. Uh, hi. Uh, so, yeah, um, overall, my advice, my final advice to young people out there who want to write, just do it. It's amazing. It's a really fun process. And writing is something that has to come from your heart. It has to be something you're passionate about. Pick something. Pick a story. Pick an event. Pick a character that, you, that you're really passionate about, that you love, and just write about it. Just put a lot of detail, be creative, and just just go for it. It's it's totally worth it, and writing, and just the fact that you're a published author is the coolest thing ever. It's right. Just get on out there. I tell you, this book, people, um, I just think it's going to, it's just going to hit the chart with it. It's going to be a perfect book for a parent to give to their to their youngins, as they said uh, years ago, look, youngins. And I, I I, mean the language in there. You can just imagine them talking it. Who goes there? Of course we don't say that anymore, but, you know, this is getting you wrapped around. It's like a blanket. It's getting you wrapped around way back in time. So, Alex, I'm just happy for you. Um, so what's, what's up next for Chase Maxwell and his grandfather? You think that you'll be doing another sequel to this one? Yes, I have actually planned um, six more books after this on a series of seven. Well, we definitely will be expecting that. Now, if the the crossing is already out, I can purchase that from Amazon or Barnes and Noble. Correct. Yes, you can get it. Um, okay. Good. Uh, directly from Amazon, or we also have a website, TimeZoneBooks.com, where you can get it from there. Good. I'm so happy. And um, this has been a wonderful interview with you, Alex and Robert. And I'm I'm glad that both of you were on. And the main factor for anyone out there listening is don't be afraid to write. Don't be afraid to explore. Don't be afraid to, you know, don't be afraid to make mistakes because it's bound to happen. That's what makes writers write and writers read. You, you get good in what you do. You have to be abroad on your reading. You got to know what's going on around you, especially if you plan on doing books on um, current events. Um, you got to read something that you really love and that usually no one else going to pick up on. And you're always going to learn. You look at other authors, you learn from there. And I hope people look at um, you as well, Alex, learn from you and and grow off of it. Either. Your goals to me, um, this is one of my, from my affirmation, your goals, your goals expand to match what your mind already knows, or they either going to shrink to whatever your mind focuses on. So, you know, 
I, I just think it's great, and I hope that people accomplish what they want to accomplish out here. And you need to be your own biggest cheerleader as a writer. If you're passionate and writing matters, set time aside for it. Make it a priority. Anything you do, make it a priority. No matter if you want to be a doctor, a professor, make it a priority because by the end of the day, only you can make your own self fail. And that's the bottom line. Alice, once again, I really do. I thank you so much. And I hope when your next book comes out that I can have you back on. Yeah, well, certainly. Uh, when the next one comes on, it will be a pleasure to come back. Yes, sir, and I sure will be waiting. I'm definitely going to pick up the crosses. So, people, you heard, Alex, it's at uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You can order online. You could go to the bookstores and get this awesome book for you, your children, or whoever else on your gift list. Thank you. Um, and before I leave the air, everyone, um, my truth of the day is this, because you know Thanksgiving is coming up, and I'm just going to keep it sweet and simple for you. Good manners are a way of making things easier for another person. I'm just going to leave you with that quote. I hope everyone has a blissful Thanksgiving. Make sure you don't overstuff yourself. From my other show, you remember, good eating habits are very important because, you know, it's the high ratings on obesity and diabetes, but don't trouble yourself with all that. Just go and have a good time, and I will see you the next time on a Bright Side with Technicia. God loves you, and so do I. You make sure you stay blessed, and you as well, Alex and Robert. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to The Bright Side with Technicia. If you like what you heard, tell your dad, mother, cousin, uncle, whomever. Be sure to check out the archive section at www.brightsidewithtk.com. 